there's a difference between your number one guy and there's a difference between having an ace. Not a, every team can say they have an ace. Preach. Chris Sale is a league-wide ace no matter where he goes. And he's a top three pitcher in baseball no matter where he Stop, goes. Stop, Nate. I'm crying over here, man. You're getting me emotional over here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here are your hosts, Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 54. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes, Nate Where's your mind at today? My mind is, okay, here's a legitimate question because I think it's an unfair double standard situation here. Why can't guys... Hold on, is this your random random question of the day? Yeah, why can't guys use blow dryers? Uh, Well, I'd be lying if I said I didn't use one, so... I just used one for the first time today. It's way easier. Isn't it nice? It's really nice. It's awesome. Like, I was done with my hair in like 30 seconds. Like, blow dryer, gel, gone. See ya. Done. Peace. What What are we doing? I don't I know. I might have to invest in one. Do you own your own? Yes, I do own one. Yes. So you went and purchased one? I did. Yeah. Would you, did you get buy it at like Walgreens or something? Walmart. Yeah, I'm just... I mean, I feel like it's frowned upon, but I feel like I just, I got to do it. I got to pull that trigger, man. I mean, it was, it was way too easy today. I mean, the thing is, it's not like you got a bunch of people standing there watching in the morning. You just do what you got to do and get on, get on with your day. That's true. No but judgment, no judgment it. here. That's all I'm going to say. When does your hair look the best? Right after the haircut. Exactly. And that's what they do. They use a blow dryer. I'm doing it now. I'm going to go find one. You're onto something here, man. Yeah. Well, that wraps up your random question of the day. <laughs> Very random indeed. Not gonna did not see it did not see it going that way, but That's what you want. That's what we want. That's our new uh that's our new segment to get us to get us rolling on these episodes. Uh but let's transition into some baseball history. March twenty fifth, I'll lead us off here. Uh starting in nineteen ten. Hugh Chalmers, the president of the Chalmers Motor Car Company of Detroit, announces his Model 30, one of the most luxurious autos of its day, will be awarded to the player with the highest batting average this season. The prize will lead to the controversy when Cleveland infielder Nap Lajaway beats out seven bunts. Thanks to the Browns' red Corridan purposely playing deep at third base, to go eight for nine on the last day of the season, raising his average to 384 in an attempt to surpass Ty Cobb for the batting title. These names are just ridiculous. Nap Lajaway and Red Corridan and Hugh Chalmers. Owner Even of the, Ty Cobb is funny. Owner of the luxurious Model 30. Ty Cobb, that's a that's a just a great baseball name. Here's the thing: Is Ty Cobb a great baseball name because it was a great baseball player, or like, if somebody just made that name up, would we still think it sounds like a great baseball name? 
there's, there's, there's your random about, question of the day. Something about baseball names that have like if they have if you have two one syllable names, it works really well. That's true. It's a good point. Yeah. Good point. All right, moving right along here. Nineteen fourteen. Uh your guy, Babe Ruth, makes his first start of his professional career when he defeats the world champion Philadelphia Athletics six to two in an exhibition game played in Wilmington, North Carolina. The nineteen year old Red Sox rookie left hander had faced twenty nine batters in relief, striking out Bryce Harper three times. No. <laughs> Allowing just six hits to earn a spot in manager Jack Dunn's rotation. Kick off the old career. Uh, and lastly here, 2008. At the Tokyo Dome in Japan, the Red Sox beat the A's 6-5 to five in the earliest major league opener ever played. I believe we have since broken that record. <laughs> Manny Ramirez's 10th inning double gives the victory to Hideki Okajima who used to pitch in this stadium for the hometown, how do you say that, the Yomori Giants? I think it's, yeah, no, that, that works. Yomori? I'm not even going to try. That's I'm good. Not, I'm not Japanese. I, I don't know. <laughs> in case you didn't know, I'm not Japanese. But it's, that's like the stud team over there. I know they have like a couple, but that's one of them. Yeah, they're a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, figured we could transition on the Tokyo Dome note, slash Japan, slash opening series. Transition right into our reaction of the news surrounding Ichiro, calling it a career. Hey, what are your What are your thoughts here? My thoughts are once again we stick to the trend of big breaking news always happening after we record one. Yeah, but to be fair, we kind of we could probably see this coming. Yeah, like, uh, all of us all of us thought it. I think we all thought it. And... Yeah, but but nonetheless, it did happen. It's just. It it yeah, does, yeah it is, you'd make a good point. It does happen regardless if we see it coming or not. Yeah, but uh, it made me happy. It really did. I think it was it was getting to the point where it was. Uh, I think everyone could sense it. You talked about like how poorly he's he's done in spring training this year, and like you know we talked about how it's it's. Are you an advisor? Are you a like? Why are you still on the roster? Like what are What's the situation here? There is such things as, you know, retiring in a graceful way. This is probably the best way he could have done it. I think maybe if, I, I would have been okay with him announcing it before he went to Japan. And I think that probably would have led to a little more coverage, a little more excitement around it. You know, as much excitement as it already had, I think it would have been even more. But I, I like it. I'm a fan. Yeah, I just thought it was weird because literally, I, in fact, I think I mentioned on here like a week ago, he had been asked like, or no, I think it when he, I think it was when he was in Japan and he had like gotten there for the media day or whatever, and somebody, I think somebody had asked him like, when do you think you'll hang it, hang up the spikes? And he was like, uh, I don't know when that'll be. I'm not used to questions like that. And then literally decides, <laughs> like you know two what? Days later. I guess this is the time. I just very, yeah. very bizarre. But yeah, I mean, it was. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know until after. Maybe he just didn't know. Well, he would have had to have known because he walked off the field and was waving to people. So, I mean, he must have woke. He must have not known until that morning when he woke up. Like, I'd, if that's the case, if he's being straight up with this, I don't know. Yeah. Wild. But yeah, I mean, 
You mentioned it being like a graceful exit. I I will definitely agree with that. Like it was awesome to see him go out in Japan like that. But the only thing, and I've said on here before, it just seemed like it was like it was just dragged out like for the longest time. I just feel like we've known that this was going to be the case. We've known for a while that it was going to be that Japan or that uh, the Mariners and A's were going to be playing in Japan, and just everybody had. Everybody, like all the Mariners fans had it marked on the calendar, like, oh, this is probably when he's going to go out. And sure enough, that's when he goes out. And it just, it was one of those things where it was like, all right, dude, you're 45. Like, just tell us that you're going to retire. We know that's when yeah. you're going to retire. And yeah. it just seems like it got dragged out a little bit, which to me kind of took away from, like you said, the excitement and the kind of the coverage of it. Because it just, it was one of those things where it was like, all right, we're finally here. So. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I think I kind of see both sides of it, but there's like, what was there left to do? What was there left to play for? You're playing on a Mariners team that doesn't have a future right now. Um, this is probably the peak of your season doing the opening day in in Japan and being in front of the crowd that you grew up playing for and around and obviously where you're from. Like, I think, yeah, like there was there was no point in trying to try to stick around for the rest of the season or chase hits or whatever. I mean, the guys over 3000 hits in the MLB over a ridiculous amount of hits, you know, if you combine his just Japanese career. So it's like, this guy's done all he can do. And I think, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, I don't know. I think it would have been kind of exciting to see him do the home run derby. I think that would have <laughs> been kind of fun. That would have been funny. But remember, he doesn't hit home runs. He just, he shows off for the ladies by hitting singles, infield singles, that is. Yeah. And legging out some triples. Yeah. But I think just a class act. I'm, I'm sad to see guys like that go. Um, you know, he falls into the Adrian Beltre category of where it's just like Joe Maurer, another one that's just like, man, it's just a good baseball guy. Went through his entire career and probably has, you know, the accolade of, being the best teammate ever to multiple people in the game. So it's just, it's sad, but it is, it's good to see that probably about that time. Yeah. I obviously didn't watch it live because I was probably fast asleep uh, <laughs> at that point, but it was cool to see going back and watching the highlights of it all like unfold at the end. Uh, when he came out the field for the last time, it was cool seeing all the guys reactions uh, guys are getting like really emotional. Like they had uh, Ken Griffey there. He was he was on hand for the event, uh, very cool. which was very cool to see. Very fitting. Uh, yeah, I mean, even like his current team, like his current day teammates, were like getting emotional, which I thought was super cool. And there was like a bunch of the crying is allowed in baseball tweets going around, which I'm always a fan <laughs> of because th those are always the best, man. Like that and like. Uh, Mariano's last game in, in Yankee Stadium, just stuff like that. Yeah. It's super cool to see. Uh, like you said, for for just class acts like that, uh, it's always cool to see uh, guys be able to go out on their terms, and he definitely yeah. did that. Uh, but go, just running, going through some numbers here, I got for him. As we all know, already had or you already mentioned three thousand plus hits, uh, five hundred nine stolen bases for his career. Hit 350 plus four times and was the 2001 MVP and rookie of the year. And I believe that's only happened one other time. And he is the 
latest guy to do that. Uh, I believe it was Fred Lynn. Mm. I, think, I think we've mentioned that on here before. Yeah. Uh, but a wild stat that one of my, one of my roommates from college texted me today. I guess he's found like some tweet, which I don't know if you've seen this, but he's the tweet said, in Ichiro's 10th major league at bat, he singled to make himself three for 10 in his career. And then from that point on, for the rest of his career, his batting average, his career batting average would never again fall below 300. Wow. That, that's insane. Wow. What? That's so crazy to think about. Ten at-bats into your career, and you've already you've already basically established your career batting average. That's wild. Wow. Three for ten, it would never fall below that. That's super cool. Mind-blowing. That's literally, I just responded back to him, and I just had, like, the mind-blown emojis. I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> like, what else is there to say? Yeah, that's just really cool. But... Yeah, and then another, just one last note here. He was tied with Ty Cobb and Pete Rose. I guess that's pretty good company. Uh, for most times, having led the major leagues in hits with seven seasons. So Different. the dude could hit a baseball. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. That about wraps up our Ichiro talk. Let's transition into just the onslaught of extensions that have taking place in the last week or week or so just continue further adding to the everything happens as soon as we post the episode, <laughs> like pretty sure all of these happened within the 24 hours yeah, after posting sure. the episode. So, uh, let's start off with, I think I have these in order. Paul Goldschmidt, I believe was the, was the first one. Does yes, right? that does sound right. Yeah, signing a five-year, hundred thirty million extension, covering the years twenty twenty to twenty twenty-four. A lot of twenties. Uh, speaking of twenties, it includes a twenty million dollars signing bonus, <laughs> a no-trade clause, and no opt-outs. So, Goldie's going to be in, going to be in St. Louis for the years to come. How do you feel about it? Love it. Um, the guy deserved this guy has deserved that paycheck for years. And because he was, you know, in an unfortunate situation with Arizona, he he never got it. But I think this guy is a big league hitter, um, a true presence in the box. I mean, very underrated because he's been, you know, kind of at the bottom of the, of the pile in the NL West. But, um, also a gold glove defender. I mean, the guy is is super solid and very easy to build around for that organization. So awesome job by the Cardinals. The dude's a stud. I don't even know what else to say about him. I mean, the guy's – he deserves it. Well, I, I was pulling my notes together for, for him, and it, the thought crossed my mind. I know last episode – I was kind of ribbing Mike Trout a little bit about being plain white bread. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say that Paul Goldschmidt is equally, if not more, white bread than Mike Trout? Gotta be. Like, the dude just doesn't seem very, like, I don't know, charismatic? Like, Yeah. 
I mean, you would know better. He was out there on the West Coast for a while. Maybe, yeah, maybe I've, you saw different sides of him. But from what I saw out here, I it just didn't didn't seem all that entertaining. Yeah, at least off I the field. Obviously, on the field, the dude could hit a ball a freaking mile. But yeah, I, it's weird because like, uh, let me see if I can phrase this the right way. He's good enough to be a superstar, but I think one being a Diamondback forever. And two, you know, lacking the the charisma that you're talking about. I feel like he's not. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Like he, he could be. The talent. Numbers there. wise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he could be a superstar. But maybe he will be. I don't know. Maybe he's like secretly hilarious. I, I'm not sure. But I hope. Um, I hope you know, St. Louis kind of starts to go for it. You know what I mean? With, with the, the, him being that centerpiece, I think they can kind of run, you know, make a run and, and do stuff with him that the Diamondbacks didn't really do. They kind of did it for like a year and then they bailed. And then he was like, Oh, I don't want here. I don't want to be here anymore. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. I think the Cardinals are a good fit for him and he's obviously loved anywhere he goes. Yeah, I mean, if there's anywhere that's a good fit for a plain white bread kind of guy, it's St. <laughs> Louis, where they literally do everything by the book. Yeah. The cardinal way. I love it. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, you, you made a good point there. Maybe it'll be interesting to see. Now that he's on a team that has the expectation of making a deep playoff run every single season, really regardless what happened the previous season, which is obviously a good approach to have, um maybe it'll kind of unlock a, a different side of him that we haven't seen before in terms of, like I said, that charisma and just his energy in general of being, being on a team, like I said, that can make a deep playoff run on in any given season. And he's around guys that have that same expectation yeah, and that have been there before a number of times. So it'll be interesting right. to see how, how his, uh, how his time there plays out. I also think, I mean, it, it'll be an easy transition for when Yachty's done because, you know, Yachty's not going to last the length of Goldschmidt's contract. As much as we all want him to. As much as we all want him to, he won't. So I think that'll that'll be kind of a nice transition for the Cardinals to where, like, this guy will be your next captain, if you will. Um, I don't know, Matt Carpenter could also be that role, but I think – it, yeah, like you said, it's just there, he's on an or, uh, on a team with the expectations of we're not just trying to get to the playoffs. We're gonna we're gonna do some damage, and so you know it's it's refreshing to see. I'm sure for him to be in a situation like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and lastly, here a note that I thought was interesting. I don't know if 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 you caught wind of this. Uh, apparently. Our dude was grinding it out in the cage the day they had the presser where they announced it because yeah. they like couldn't find him. They were like, <laughs> we've got this press conference to announce this massive extension that we're giving this guy and we can't find him. And it turns out that he was like in the cage, just getting his hacks and they had to like pull him out and be like, Hey, we're going to go let people know we're giving you a lot of money. Maybe you should join us. <laughs> and so he had to like leave the cage, but I'm like, I mean that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty cool story. Be like, 
Yeah, I'm I'm committed to to winning baseball games here. I'm gonna be in the cage while you're getting ready to announce that you're gonna give me a lot of money. So Oh yeah. I love it. That's like I know you're not a huge football guy, but I know that's like what uh JJ Watt did when he got his huge contract. I think there was like he got caught on camera going into the weight room at like four thirty AM the next morning, right after. It was like geez, some of these dudes are just like they're built different, man. There is no they're psychic. There's, there's no first and second gear. It's like third gear is their lowest, and that's him going in the cage. They have like one gear, and that's it. They just flipped a switch. It's wild. Let's go. I just I can't comprehend what that's like. like I know. I, I wish I could have like said not, I was like that, but you would never in a million years find me going to a, a gym at 4.30 in the morning. No. Or like you and I are guys that are like enticed by that Snickers bar at the checkout line. That's very true. Paul Goldschmidt? No. Doesn't even look that way. Doesn't even look at the Snickers bar. Paul Goldschmidt is so much better than we are. (laughs) We suck. Why can't we be more like Paul? Uh, But anyway, moving right along here. Moving right along from one of the game's best first basemen to one of the game's best young pitchers. Blake Snell, five years for fifty million. How do you feel about this one? Um, deserves it. Not sure. This is another one of the raised situations where I'm like, I'm not sure which way you're going. Like you're you're constantly back and forth on commit or not commit. Like to how you want to win, or do you just are you trying to lose so you can get out of the trap? Like I don't. I'm not sure because why not give Chris Archer that extension last year? I don't know if it was tried. I mean, maybe it was attempted and Chris Archer's like, no, just get me out of here. Or, uh, you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, if you have the money, do do it for both of them. You can definitely afford to do both. That's not a huge deal. That's a very, you know, smart, economical deal for that organization. I think they could have done it for both of them. Now you're talking two aces and a real future. Yeah, I think with Archer though, there's a little bit of drama from what I remember. I might be way off on that, but I yeah, I thought right. I remember thought I remember being there there being some drama surrounding the the financial situation there. Um, but this extension for Snell, uh, fifty million is the most money given to a player with two years of service in the major leagues. Um, yeah. the extension does not include options. Uh, but the interesting thing here is that the Rays renewed, which I don't know if you remember this, the Rays renewed his contract earlier, like not, not too long ago. I think it like might even been this month. It was some, some point during spring training, they renewed his contract at 573,000, which is like $18,000 above the league minimum. <laughs> and then they turn around and do this. So. Like you said, it's just one of these like weird back and forth, like commit, not commit that like, what, yeah. what are you doing? Just go one way or not. Like this is, I, this has got to be frustrating for one of the dozen Rays fans out there. Cause like, how do you, how do you do anything? I just commit either go for it for a couple years and then like, eh, screw it. Let's reset and sell everybody rebuild. Or rebuild the trap. Yeah, 
do something. God, they do this. It drives me nuts. No, but apparently he was he was pretty pissed. Well, I I can't say that for certain. I'm sure he he like put up a decent front to like not just throw his team under the bus. But after they like renewed his contract, he was he basically was just like, yeah, I mean it sucks. Uh, I just won the Cy Young and I get 500k. Yeah, well, what is that? Like, imagine paying your Cy Young winning ace eighteen thousand dollars above the league minimum and thinking all is good. Like, what are you? What yeah. are you doing? Gigantic slap in the face. Just terrible. Like, who else are they gonna pay? You can't right. be like. That's it's, what I'm saying. It's not like your situation where it's where it's like. You're the Phillies or the Red Sox or the Yankees. Granted, obviously, much larger market teams. But, like, they have guys on the team that you look up and down the roster and it's like, oh, crap, we got to pay this guy, this guy, this guy. Who are the Rays going to pay? Like, they don't have anybody. Yeah. Like, I know. Something. Like, I know you're not about to dish out $250 million for Willie Adamas at shortstop. Yeah. Like, it just, it's just not going to happen. So just pay the man his money. And I, like I know, as I said, it was the most money in Major League history given to a player with two years of service. But all that to say, I don't think, and this is just my opinion, $50 million doesn't seem like that much to me. Like I know we had this conversation last, last episode where we were comparing kind of like Bregman's extension to that of Severino's and Nola's. Yeah, yeah. Like – and, and to be fair, like our listeners make good points where they're like they're commenting on the Instagram graphics, basically being like, yeah, pitchers only are, are active every fifth day where guys like Bregman are every they're out there every day, which I get. But yeah. as I pointed out to one or two people, like there have been many examples of pitchers who have seen who have received like massive deals. And they're yeah. ju- they're just regular starting pitchers. They go out there every fifth day, do their job. So like it's been done before. It's not like this is unprecedented. Like right, I just don't right. understand why why the Rays didn't shell out a little more for this guy, especially like you said after they slapped him in the face, like not just not <laughs> not too long ago. I don't understand. Yeah, like twelve dollars over league minimum. The, <laughs> the, no, like the literally just twelve dollars. Is... <laughs> I hope I hope the Rays I hope this is the beginning of something for the Rays I really do, because like m- maybe start doing some stuff and and building just build, God just build I I can't I don't know if last Nate what Nate or not. Nate what should they do Just build uh, I can't get over this Chris Ar- Chris Archer thing so I'm just, I'm just gonna leave that one But you have you have all these pieces that just come and go. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like start to build and give some extensions and maybe avoid the, the stuff that Chris Archer eventually build up to, you know what I'm saying? Like he built some animosity eventually because he got treated like crap for years. Right. It's probably why he wanted gone. And so now, yeah, I don't blame him. Like I'm pissed. If I'm Chris Archer, I'm going to be like, I just did all that work for so many years. And now Blake Snell gets paid after two. Granted, Blake Snell deserves it, but why didn't I deserve it? Yeah. For the right deal, they could have had both of those guys. I really feel that way if they would have not let crap fester with Chris Archer. So I just, I don't understand. Again, it's back and forth. 
who knows? Maybe this does start a trend where we're going to see a guy who have who has a great year next year. Maybe it's Tommy Pham, the guy that won't shut up on social media. Maybe he has a great year next year, and they give him an extension. And you just you start working that way. You got to eventually start paying people. Stop acting like you're broke. You got some money down in Tampa. Start paying people. I don't know, man. There's 12 fans can only eat so many hot dogs. I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe man, if you get Joe, maybe if you get Joey, game. maybe if you get Joey Chestnut down there, the Nathan's hot dog champion. Maybe yeah, we got to run through. He could help out with some extensions. No, but one guy I wish they would have kept was Jake Bowers. I've, <laughs> I've made it very clear on here. I'm a big Jake Bowers guy. You're a big guy, big Jake Bowers guy. Hey man, it's, it's a Durham Bulls thing here, man. I got I got to watch like all these guys come up the past few years. Him, Willie Domus, guys like that. They're they're studs. I wish they would have kept him around. I think he would have been one of those pieces, like you were saying, that would have been good to keep around and, and maybe pay in the next year or two. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we'll see how, how it pans out. I don't know. How many wins do you think they'll get this year? The Rays? I think they repeat at ninety. Yeah, that's a that's a safe bet. I think they can they can do it. Especially knowing that which again it's possible, but I think it's a safer bet to say that the Red Sox and Yankees don't eclipse a hundred plus in the same fashion this year as they did last year. I mean, maybe well, they not, maybe yeah, they get there. It's not unrealistic. Yeah. So with that in mind, maybe the Rays are able to pick up a few more wins uh, in the division, but we'll see. Granted, they they did pick up a fair number against the Yankees, but we'll leave that alone. <laughs> we'll leave that alone, including. A Jake Bowers walk-off. I know you remember that one. Do you remember that one when they played the Rays and they got swept? You don't remember. I thought we were leaving it alone. You're right. Let's leave it alone. Moving right along here. Oh, what do you know? Remember the Red Sox. Chris Sale. Five years, $145 million. Thoughts? Um, A bargain, honestly. You think? Yeah. This dude is scary, and he's, like, scary league-wide. And, I, like, that, there's, we've, we've said it over and over again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restate it. There's a difference between your number one guy, and there's a difference between having an ace. Not a, every team can say they have an ace. Preach. Chris Sale is a league-wide ace no matter where he goes. And he's a top three pitcher in baseball, no matter where he Stop, goes. Stop, Nate. I'm crying over here, man. You're getting me emotional over here. The dude, you guys save money on him. Seriously. He deserves it. I don't know. I mean, I don't get me wrong. And I know I said, really? In response to you saying it was a bargain? I don't, it's nothing against him. The dude's, like you said, I mean, he's one of the best in the league. My only concern with saying that it's a bargain is just his injury. Yeah, like hasn't had the greatest history with his shoulder and elbow and all that. Yeah. So it's like mechanically, can you really are you surprised? The no. Guy throws I mean, across his body yeah, on a weird arm slot. Throws like a thousand miles an hour. So I mean and he, that slider just sweeps across. Like I'm not surprised with, with the arm issues. He has like a slider at one oh one. It's wild. <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean you got you, uh, in this situation. You obviously have to lock him up. Like yeah. you don't. You don't want him going elsewhere. So I get that part of it. 
And I don't think anybody in the Red Sox organization or fan base is complaining about this whatsoever. But, like, I don't think, at the same time, I don't think anybody is calling it a bargain. In this, like, anybody that has watched him closely enough to know that this dude, like I said, is very prone to to injury and shelf time on the DL. So, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I... Well, obviously, obviously, I'm a fan of it. The fact that he'll be around, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how the years, the later years, like the fourth and fifth year, does, if if sure. he if he chooses to stay, how those play out. Sure. Um, I mean, I think what's obvious here is that like the Red Sox very much their only goal this off season was what seemed like it was was Ivaldi. So they got their guy in free agency. They called it good. But, I mean, you have so many guys coming up on, on, you know, the end of their deals next year, right? Like, I think Xander's done. I think Steve Pierce, I think he only did a one-year deal. Right? Yep. JBJ, right? Yeah. If not this year, got to be close. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious that the Red Sox have – have said that we already kind of have the rosters. No need to go out and do a whole lot of stuff free agency wise. We just need to make sure we're locking up our guys. So I think this is the beginning of that with with Chris Sale, and then they're going to start to you know do stuff with those guys we mentioned of keeping the core around. I mean, they're, they're not going to be able to afford everybody, but you know, I I think this is smart. I mean, they're going to have to pay some of these guys, and it really which. I guess you could say is a good thing and a bad thing where it's like, you're just going to have to start looking at the list of guys and being like, who, who can we part ways with and who are guys that we just have to keep, which sucks because I mean, as we saw play out last October, you just got an awesome core here, awesome group of guys. And unfortunately you're not going to be able to pay them all. I guess it's just common sense. It's a business. They, they know that. Yeah. And, but it, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it sucks that you're just going to have to start stripping some of this down as you bolster other guy uh, bolster the contracts of other guys who you just have to keep around. So right. I'm glad he was one of the guys they decided to invest in. Um hoping JD is uh around beyond his contract once that once that runs out, hope they further extend him assuming he can maintain this pace. Um and really I mean, Xander would be another guy I'd love to see stick around. But all that to say, uh, it's obviously a huge day for Chris Sale. Didn't Mookie get extended earlier this offseason too? Like super early. Uh, yeah, because he had the – he set the arbitration – or the uh, – yep. what was it? The yep. record for – yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, it was early yep. this offseason. So, they're, I mean, they're taking care of their guys. But it, they're, like you said, there is going to get a point where – you're not going to be able to pay everybody, and you have to. I don't know. As an organization, probably say like, I mean, we have, you know, a certain amount of rings in a certain amount of years. When do we say? When do we let off the gas a little bit and just hope that our organization in house and our prospects can fill fill the voids of what's needed for bigger money? So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with like trades, like because you, well, yeah. Whether you have to trade guys, you just let them go to free agency. I mean, like you said, there'll be some voids that you can fill with 
definitely some talent that maybe you don't necessarily have to let off the gas. You can kind of yeah, you know, just pick up where you left off. Um, right. But yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, interesting to see. Um, lastly, here we got Justin Verlander, two years at sixty six million, uh, which was a record salary in terms of AAV. Uh, he just edged out Granke's $32.5 million. Um, what do you think about this? Deserving? I think this makes sense um, in a way because it's short, I guess. Because it's only two years. This is a very much pay-for-what-you've-done type contract, not what you will do. Because it's not a four or five year deal, I think it's kind of just like a like, hey, good good work, you've done good, you know, thanks. Well, I, <laughs> I might have to disagree with you. I might have to disagree with you there because he he has made it very clear that he wants to pitch like well into his early forties, like he's thirty six now. Um, so I mean, I think you could very much, which I'm not saying they are, but I feel like you you wouldn't be wrong if you looked at it like maybe this is a pay for what you're going to do type situation because um he's coming off a he's coming off a 2019 season went 16 and 9 uh 252 ERA he's obviously second in the AL Cy Young race fallen to Blake Snell uh but i mean he led he was he was one of the leading forces in the 2017 World Series run we all know that uh, being picked up by Houston at the waiver deadline, uh, and then led the stri- led the league in strikeouts last year at, with 290. So, all that to say, a very successful last couple years with no, in my opinion, no signs of slowing down or regressing. Maybe I mean maybe just the slight, like the natural age yeah. regression a little bit, but. I don't, I don't see any reason to believe that this wouldn't be a pay what he's going to do situation. Well, I think it's the reason it's two years is because that's when they got to start paying the other guys, right? Altuve, Correa, Springer. You know, that's when that's when that's going to start to take effect. Well, I, same. I think Correa is going to go ahead. No, I was just going to say same conversation we just had about the Red Sox is that like eventually you're going to have to start to pay the core. I think they can reevaluate where they're at with with Justin Verlander in two years. Yeah, I guess that depends on what his current contract is. I'm assuming it's just this is his last year. And so we'll see three full years more of Justin Verlander, right? Uh, I believe that's the case. Um, But I think, I mean, you mentioned Correa and guys like that. Uh, Altuve is already on the books with a with a massive extension, I believe. Um, but Correa is a guy that I think will be paid big time prior to the end of that two years. So I feel like maybe this is just there. The reason that maybe it's a shorter extension is just because although he, like I said, he's made it clear that he wants to pitch in those 40s, they don't want to like, just assume that that's going to happen or that it's going to be a successful transition into his forties. So yeah. maybe this is just them kind of like treading lightly yeah, in that, in that sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I think honestly, I would say of all the, all the extensions we've covered here and all the ones that have happened in within the last month or so, 
just in terms of a year by year evaluation, this has got to be towards the top. Uh, just because, like we said, he's 36. He's still got something left in the tank. I mean, this guy's been a horse his whole career. Uh, got a note here. He has pitched 200 plus innings in 11 seasons, leading the American League in three of those years. So, I mean, the guy obviously has it figured out uh, how to stick around for the long haul throughout the course of a season from start to finish. So, not concerned as much with his health as you would be with a Chris Sale, per se. Uh, But, like I said, I think it's a very smart deal for, for both parties involved. Verlander obviously gets the money, and the Astros get the ticket out, I guess you could say, if things, for whatever reason, just decide to go south for him. Yeah. Once I mean, he gets yeah, to 38 or so, so. I think it makes sense because this is probably the last I, – I would assume this is the last big payday Verlander is going to get. You're never going to crack 33 AAV again after this. Even if you do leave the Astros or re-sign with the Astros, it won't matter. You're not getting that again. So it's good for him to get it. But, um, I mean, it, it – doesn't surprise me for the Astros. Like, you have a beautiful stadium. It's fairly new. You have what seems to be a really good fan base. And then you have a competitive division, but for the most part, it's still yours. So, it's like, man, the money's there. And the potential's there. So, it's like, why not? They're willing to pay their guys that they deserve or that they think deserve to be part of their annual playoff push. Uh, they got their pieces. They started to build and then they, they took the correct script of trading for right guys to top it off. Perfect. I yeah. mean, there it's not that long ago when like those fans were wearing trash bags over or the Brown bags over their head at games. Like it really wasn't that long ago. That's very so, true. And that's why I'm still, you mentioned a pretty like solid fan base. I'm still not sold on the Houston fan base. I think there's it's, there's it's a fan base now. Yeah, but let's be honest. I bet you if you went into the closets, a lot of those fans, they still got the tags on the T-shirts that they picked up on the way to the game. For sure. Like, I'm still not For sold. Sure. It's only been like three three years, mo- like max, right, that they've yeah. been like a serious contender. Yeah, you can't tell me that like a lot. Which I mean, I know I make fun of a lot of fan, like Tampa's fan base, and I know I rib Houston's at, uh, fan base a little bit, but it is good for the game. Like it's good for the game. It's good for the organization, regardless if they're yeah. quote unquote bandwagons. Like it, it is what it is. Like more fans, the better. It's it. It doesn't upset me as much as I might let on. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not that big of a deal. It is what it is. I mean, it, it's like the Royals a couple of years ago. Where are all those fans now? Where, where'd they go? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, yeah, that's similar. I feel like the, the Royals, though, have a much more like, I mean, I'm not a baseball historian by any means, but I feel like their like tradition is a lot more deeply rooted than, say, that of the Astros, which... You could also argue because I mean they've got they, they had Nolan Ryan back in the day, so I mean you definitely have that demographic where it's like, oh yeah, I remember the good old days. But yeah. I just think your average fan, quote unquote, 
of the Astros, eh, I don't know how long how long <laughs> they've been around. Yeah, I don't think they have either, but they're starting to build something. I mean, this is speaking of the Royals, it's it's what the Royals didn't do. They had a young core and they they somehow won and they decided not to add on the toppings to to really set them over the edge. And then they let some of that core go and now they're in turmoil again. They got you know, one year of of fun and then that was it. The Astros have gone the other way. Had one year of fun and now it's starting to Build something here and keep adding. I've kicked it in the butt, man. I've stepped it up a gear a little bit. Big time. Uh, all right. Well, that wraps up our extension talk. You want to? You want to update? You want to update the folks on our brackets? Yeah. Where are you at, man? In the trash can. Yeah. Yeah. Garbage. I think I told it. What did I say I was in? I'm in the 58th percentile. Garbage. Hmm. I think of the 32 games of the first round, I got 10 wrong. Not the not the, the hottest start. Mm. I know I mentioned to you, I very confidently and arrogantly stated that Seton Hall would beat Kentucky in the second round. You did. Seton Hall didn't win their first game, nor did Kentucky yeah. lose in the second round. So wrong on both accounts there. I think you. Yep. I think you fared a little better out of the gates, right? I am sitting at seven losses right now, so a little better. Um, my my elite eight is still in the picture. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting a little a little prettier than you are. I just need stuff. Stuff's gonna get sketchy for me though, real quick. Stuff's. I mean, I've got FSU upsetting Gonzaga. That one's a little. Oof. Yeah, a little bold. But FSU put up put up some points the other day. So, of your yeah. elite of your elite eight, how many you got left? Uh, I've got the only one I'm missing right now is Louisville. I had Louisville in the elite eight, but they're going to lose to Duke anyway. So, I'm all good. I'm in the clear. Shout I've out, got shout out my employer, Duke, obviously still in it. Michigan State, FSU, Michigan, Kentucky. UNC, Tennessee, and Virginia. All right, man. You're in the clear, looks like. Yeah. Virginia's a little uh, – I don't like the way they played, though. That was not it was not clean, but uh, I'm looking better than you. That's for sure. Well, I told you I, I picked both of the uh, – what was it? The UC Irvine and Oregon upsets. I had both awesome. of those. Yeah. Because I'm just clearly so smart when it comes to college basketball. Very. No, not at all. <laughs> You would think working at Duke, I would like be a little more in tune with college basketball. One, one would guess. Apparently not. But yeah, seven of my eight elite eight are still intact. So I'm not pumped, terrible. man. The old the old Blue Devils are heading back up to the home place. Going to be playing in D.C. this weekend. That was one sketchy game. Woof. Wild. That was close. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a little too much for me. I got a love-hate relationship with this team. I'm just like, to be honest with you, just working at Duke, I get tired of hearing about it all the time. Like, Zion, Zion, <laughs> Zion, Zion. I'm like, okay, yes, Zion. But at the same time, it is awesome to see when, when the guys are able to pull stuff out like this. But, yeah, that was uh, – that, uh, that took some years off my life. Yeah. Our, my guy Taco uh, did okay. 
He didn't do that bad. Yeah, he held true to his statement. He said he wasn't going to let Zion posterize him. I don't, from what I recall, I don't think that happened. No, he just, he held tough. I mean, he's like, it's not like a super hot take on his part. I mean, the dude's like nine foot tall. Was, I mean, is it really that, that much to say, oh yeah, I'm not yeah. going to let the guy dunk on me? Like, Yeah, but like a stiff breeze could knock that guy over. He's like 210 pounds at 18 feet tall. No, 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 no. He is like, he's 270 pounds. He's 270? Yes. At seven foot six. What a frame. Yeah, he does look like a twig though. That's the the crazy part. But I guess that happens when you exceed like seven two. Yeah, you just look funky. But anyway. Anyway. Glad to hear your Elite Eight still intact. Appreciate that. See if I can uh, somehow wind up with a better bracket than you when it's all said and done. We'll see. Doubtful, but we'll see. Um, but anyway, I think we've got some DMs. Let's we do have those. some DMs. Anthony asks, what team will Starlin Castro and Nick Castellanos end up on before the trade deadline? Um, hmm. I think they're going to, I think they're going to take some time to figure out that they need to become representatives of SeatGeek. (laughs) That's the answer to all your ticket needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out. With SeatGeek, you can find... Or, with SeatGeek, (laughs) you can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances. Yes, Nathaniel, theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. Next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly. Off your first purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that. Cold hard cash. Cold hard cash. Enter promo code DTD at checkout. Uh, I have no clue, man. Starling Castro needs to get out of there. Nick can do whatever he wants, but Starling Castro has got to get out of there, man. Like, (laughs) feel bad for the guy. All right, you ready for this? We're going to come back to this at some point, and you're going to be super proud of my picks, okay? Starling Castro will be an Oakland A. Nick Castellanos will be a Dodger. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of a Brian Dozier-type move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We'll come back to this. Don't worry. We'll Tyrone asks, what is your favorite ballpark concession item? So, the one I've had the most over the course of the past probably five Major League Baseball seasons is the, I mean, obviously the most readily accessible stadium for me living at home in the past couple summers when I'd go home to visit for the summer was obviously Nationals Park. And all that to say, uh, the concession item I've had most, I've consumed most over those five years was the chicken tender bucket. Where they literally just, they literally, it's like a massive bucket. They fill it with like 80% fries. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and then just like throw a couple tenders on top and they charge you like 25 bucks for it, which is just absurd. <laughs> but it's like, whatever, you know, you're going to spend a lot at the stadium anyway. So just might as well invest in something that'll fill you up. Cause you, like the fry, like I don't care. I'll eat the chicken tenders and then the fries just fill you up. So I might have to go with a chicken tender bucket, but I'm also always down for a hot pretzel. Ooh, okay. Always down. All right. Are you a, a, a hot cheese with a pretzel or you're a mustard kind of guy? I mean, I'm going to make myself sound super boring here. I'm just going to go with the plain pretzel. Don't say plain. Plain pretzel. I don't believe in mustard. Mustard isn't a real thing. Okay. Mustard shouldn't exist. Mustard is amazing. One. Is this our is this our Friday facts for, for this week? No, Friday facts is that you might be more boring than Mike Trout. That's <laughs> wow, man. You're really coming at me here. Plain pretzels. What else are you gonna put on it? If I don't like mustard, what else am I gonna put on it? Get a little cup of hot cheese. It's not cheese, dude. It's like processed like hey cow hey. hooves. We're in America. That is cheese. This is not cheese. It's not although, cheese. Although I can't say that. I was at the grocery store today and had to talk myself down from getting a can of cheese whiz for my Ritz crackers. So. Wow. I have no comments for you right now. I'm sorry. What is your? Do you also like, I bet you're that guy that like brushes the salt off the pretzel too, aren't you? Uh, I mean, when it's, <laughs> when it's excessive, yes, I will brush off You've some You've been called salt. out. You've been called out. You're a communist. I feel personally attacked right now. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> questioning my, my Americanness right now. <laughs> Nacho cheese is cheese. I don't care what you say. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Mustard I mean, is awesome. I guess I deserve to be called out there. What do you got? What is your concession of uh, choice? Nachos. You can't go wrong with nachos. Always, always awesome. It has very healthy, very American nacho cheese on it. Um, some jalapenos. Man, when when we go to Coors though, they do have some sick nachos. They got like shredded chicken nachos that we'll be we'll be eating. You're buying, right? This is on you. For sure, not. But. Um, I don't, those are, that's, that's where they get you on those two. Those are like 17 bucks. Like, yeah, no, thanks. I'm not spending $17 on something that's not even going to get me through the third inning. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not everyone. And not every place can supply you a freaking 17 gallon bucket of, well, they need to step their game up. Fries. And- also, that's why I like the pretzels because it's literally just bread and that can carry me over for a, a lengthy amount of time. Nachos just aren't going to cut it. I'm sorry. We're fighting. Um, Easton asks, if you had to choose, what's your favorite dugout snack? All right. For the record, Easton threw a little pun in there. I didn't include it in the in the DM text there. <clears throat> but he said, if you had to choose, and said C-H-E-W-S, with a little laughing emoji, so I figured I had to had to give Easton credit for his pun. I like that. Get it, Nate, because it's food. You suck. But I would probably say, well, no, I think we've answered this on here before. How I was the the gummy bear guy. 
I was like the instant oh, yeah. sugar rush guy where if people needed a little little boost, they'd come to they'd come to the gummy bear guy and I'd I'd give them a little pack of Her- Haribo or Haribo or whatever the crap it's called. <laughs> uh I mean there's is there anything better than, than seeds? Let's let's be real here. Wow, that's a really boring answer, Nate. Seeds always win. Whatever. You can't nothing beats your pretzel only with no salt and mustard excuse me there was salt i just said when it gets excessive all right just trying to watch my health yeah <laughs> give me just, I'll just because a baseball park is where you go to watch your health <laughs> just give me hot bread that's all i need today i'm good whatever Super. <laughs> oaktown fan 26 asks what's worse for a pitcher a walk-off walk or a walk-off balk Ooh. Oh, Dr. Seuss rhyming action here. Yeah. Um, I like the way I read that, too. I'm proud of that. I'm going to say... Yes, congratulations on reading. Proud of you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say... I don't know, man. I feel like the the obvious answer here might be balk, but that's got to be a sucky feeling to like know that you threw four balls in that bat to lose the game for your team. Yeah. And you might think that it might be the balk just because it's like, oh, you can control that. I mean, you can control a walk too. The thing is that like majority of balks now are almost so technical that half the time the pitcher's like, what What did I just, I didn't even do anything. What did I just do? Why'd right. you call a balk? Right. So I would go, I agree with you. I think I'd go walk because it's like, yeah, and then you the, and have then no the, one to blame but yourself. Yeah. And then the umpire comes out and he goes, dude, nothing happened. Don't worry. We didn't call a balk. I just wanted to come out here and tell you that Nate chooses nachos for his in-game concession. Who does that? And then the pitcher's like, well, it's definitely better than just a warm pretzel with no salt or no mustard. Whatever. All right. If you're going to use this as an opportunity to attack me. We're gonna move. You right along started here. it. Whatever. I was just making an observation. Libby asks, "What's going to happen to the Indians, considering all the injuries they have?" Uh, I mean, they got a few guys dinged up, but I'm not concerned in the least. Most of them would be ready, if not by opening day, within the first few weeks. And even if those guys were healthy and decided they wanted to sit out the first two months of the season. Wouldn't even matter. They'd still win the division by 50 games. So I'm not concerned about it. They shouldn't be concerned about it. Indians fans shouldn't be concerned about it. The people at SeaKeek shouldn't be concerned about it. And the guys serving mm-hmm. Nate's Nacho shouldn't be concerned about it. So mm-hmm. I think they're good. Libby, don't even sweat it. There's literally no one else playing in that division. It's only the Indians. Also, shout out. Did we ever, did we ever let the people know that Libby actually went through with that that nails thing with the cobalt blue. I don't know if we ever. I don't know if we ever went public with that. She actually went through with an eight suggestion of cobalt blue for her acrylic nails. Because I'm out here just giving awesome suggestions. On all right, awesome all right, colors. all right. Moving on. You couldn't even think of anything, and I was like, "Watch this." Yeah, Nate. I'm sorry. I wasn't just like up to date with all my nail color selections as as you were. Yeah. Well, whatever, man. Eric asks, what would your guys' walk-up songs be? Uh, I don't know, man. I I had, uh, 
I brought the throwback. I revived the throwback Lose Yourself. I think it was like mm-hmm. my junior year of college. Mm-hmm. I got some, I got ragged on a little bit for that, but I'm like, you can't rag on just the ultimate song. Like there's, there are a few songs better than that. There's the, that's, it, that's the ultimate flex song. It's it, big really, flex. it really is. And then I proceeded to hit like freaking a buck 50 that year. No, I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't my best year, but definitely wasn't flexing on anybody my junior year. Um, I've, I've always wanted this one now. Cause like, I didn't, I don't know what was wrong with me as a kid. Like I had no respect for music or didn't know music as much as I will now, but I'm going to go with Jimi Hendrix. I'll go Jimi Hendrix and, uh, it's called voodoo child. That song is sick. Let me tell you perfect intro. And like, you're guaranteed to, to feel cool walking from the on deck circle to the box. Yeah. Whether or not you get a hit is one thing, but it doesn't matter. You still you feel at least cool. feel confident going up to the plate, which I guess is all that matters. Yep. Until Tristan you go, asks, until you go like, Oh, for 50 and the coach kicks you off the team. Whoa. Just kidding. Hey turn. man, it wasn't, it wasn't worst. directed towards you. I'm Jeez. sure you're a real stud in, in high school and college. Man. It wasn't, it wasn't directed towards me either. I don't, I didn't use Jimi Hendrix as a walk up. Plain pretzel guy. All right. Is that going to be, is that going to be the thing now? Like, is that going to be the running joke? Yeah. I'll be your host. That in the next episode. This is episode 55. I'll be your host. Plain pretzel guy. <laughs> plain pretzel guy. Oh man. That'd be a good t-shirt. Uh, Tristan asks, do A-Rod and Bonds belong in the hall? Well, that about does it for us. Because... <laughs> Nate, we could ask I'll, this I'll leave this to, I'll leave this to you. Tristan, if I hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. But you know the answer to this. We all know the answer to this. That does it for us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that rating interview. Nate, how many stars? <laughs> Uh, the number of chicken tenders you get in your bucket. I was about to say the number of grains of salt that are left on my pretzel <laughs> when I'm done with it. Five grains of salt. Five grains pretzel. of salt. <laughs> As Ooh. always, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys later this week. Nate, I think we're going to go with a Friday episode. Yeah. Opening day Thursday. Yeah. Got to recap a little opening day. Christmas day. Yeah, we, let's be honest, we wouldn't have very much to talk about, and we'd be giving you a relatively boring episode if we were to just record Wednesday night and then drop it opening day. That wouldn't be fun for anybody involved. So I think we're going to let opening day play out, see if we get get any uh, storylines out of the first day. Even if we don't, we'll make something up. And we'll have, some, we'll have something ready for you Friday. So don't be looking for the episode Thursday. We're going to go Friday. And I guess from that point on, we'll be back on schedule. With that being said, thanks for hanging out with us all off season. True Man, story. For, we made thanks it. Thanks for battling through. We made it. I never thought I'd see the day. I know you thought this, this off season was a little longer than anyone you'd ever experienced. I have, I'm bald now. I'm so stressed out. I'm just bald, gray hairs. I'm old. 
wrinkly. See, I'm still in pretty good health because I I watch the salt that goes on my pretzels. No salt, no mustard. Uh, but yeah, I I felt I feel like I feel a little differently about it. I feel like because we were we were just fighting our way through the off season together and with the people. I think it I think it went by. Even if it didn't go by faster, it felt like it was at least slightly more enjoyable, which is always a good thing. But for sure. All that to say, the off season is done. We've made it. We're we here. Did. We're here. But that does it for me, Nate. Guys, don't go chasing curveballs. We love you all, and as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy. Tell you to take, you take. Don't tell me you don't see it. You look. You understand?